this is Adam Thielen. Keenum passes left. Caught by Thielen. 50, 40, 30, and it's loose. Touchdown! The sports leader in the Lakes area is KDLM Detroit Lakes. Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? Stop what you're doing and listen. The KDLM Sports Wrap. Do it live. I'll write it and we'll do it live. There's a lot of morons in the mainstream media that just don't get it. Join the conversation on Facebook Live as they stream the show live from the KDLM studio. I gotta say, I'm just fired up to be here today. Hello and welcome. If you're competent in an age of incompetence, that makes you appear extraordinary. What's better than this? Guys being dudes. Forest Hills Resort is not responsible for errant shots. <laughs> they must have known Zeke was coming. Where's he from? I'm from Detroit Lakes. I'm not an expert, but I do have a strong opinion. Detroit Lakes go crazy! We're still here! We're still here! Get up! Come on, get up! If you're as tight as I am! Yeah! Thirteen forty, Katie Lemon Station. You can count on this is the Katie Love Sports Wrap. Good morning, everybody. Happy Wednesday. It's kind of one of those days where we're finding out who the glass half empty or the glass half full Timberwolves fans are. Wolves lose their pick in the uh, the first round of the NBA draft last night to complete the Andrew Wiggins D'Angelo Russell trade. There's the uh, the group of fans. It's like, well, we only had a twenty seven percent chance to stay in the first round, anyways. And then there's the fans, like, yeah. But they had a 73% chance to not get in the first round. Kind of back and forth there. We've got a, a very special guest lined up second half of the wrap. Cal Soderquist from the Timberwolves Radio Network going to join us today about 9.45 or so to talk about the, the the Wolves not having a first round pick in this year's draft. They, they would have picked seventh, which is right where they were slated to pick. That pick goes to the Golden State Warriors. So the Golden State Warriors now have two first round picks. The Wolves pick, which was seventh. And their own first round pick, which was 14th. So it's weird to have Steph Curry and the Golden State Warriors twice in the NBA lottery portion of the first round. We'll talk to Cal Soderquist, second half of the sports wrap. We'll recap some NBA and NHL games last night with the uh, the Las Vegas Golden Knights backs against the wall on the brink of elimination after a loss to the Montreal Canadiens last night. But first, let's recap that Minnesota Twins loss yesterday. Two. That's the wrong button. Rewind time. And the pitch is swinging a fly ball. Left center field deep in the alley. Kepler's back. Track wall. That's gone. A home run. And Tyler Naquin has it a ninth inning three-run homer. And the Reds take a 10-7 lead here at Target Field. Yeah, the Twins' bullpen kind of blow in an eight, or a five-run eighth inning for the Twins yesterday at Target Field to break down the game. Here's Corey Provis. Twins and the Reds back at it on Tuesday afternoon. That was on the heels of a marathon game on Monday night that lasted more than five hours. Twins won the game 7-5. to What would we have in store for the day game? On Tuesday, Bailey Ober on the mound. Wade Miley threw a no-hitter back in May, opposing for the Reds. And the Twins fell behind early in this one, but were able to make this a competitive game. They were down, as I mentioned, early, but then scored a couple of runs in the fourth on a Ryan Jeffers two-run homer and briefly took the lead. But then the Reds came back with a three-run fifth, and it was a 4-2 game at that point. Then defense was not a strength at times for the Twins during the game. 
Miguel Sano committing his second error of the game of the eighth inning gave the Reds a big inning, a three-run eighth inning against Alex Colomay, and Cincinnati held a 7-2 lead heading into the bottom half of the eighth inning. But then, wouldn't you know it, the Twins had a big rally going themselves, a leadoff walk to Polanco, Max Kepler, a two-run homer to make it 7-4. After Nelson Cruz struck out, Trevor Larnick homered 7-5. Then Ryan Jeffers singled. Miguel Sano doubled off the wall and left. A pitching change. T.J. Antone came in. Alex Kirilov banged a two-run double off the wall and right to make it a 7-7 game. The Twins batted nine, scored five, 7-7. Momentum on their side heading to the ninth inning. Hanser Robles then came in to pitch the ninth inning. He got the first man and Jesse Winker, but then Nicholas Castellanos doubled to left. He hit Tyler Stevenson, and that gave Tyler Naquin a chance to do some damage in the ninth inning. And the pitch is swinging a fly ball, left center field, deep in the alley. Kepler's back, track, wall, that's gone, a home run. And Tyler Naquin has it a ninth inning three-run homer, and the Reds take a 10-7 lead here at Target Field. Naquin had a heck of a day. He was on base five times, four hits, a walk, a big home run there, a three-run shot to left center field. And with that, the Reds went on to win the game 10-7. So a wild game. The Reds 10 runs, 11 hits. The Twins with seven runs on 11 hits. A great rally in the eighth inning, but they still come up three runs shy as the Reds win it on the home run from Naquin and split the two-game series with a 10-7 final on Tuesday. The loss to Hansa Robles, now 3-4. The win to Antone, 2-0. Twins are 31-42 off on Wednesday. Cleveland in town for four beginning on Thursday night. Again, the final Reds 10, Twins 7 from Target Field. Corey Provis on your home for Twins Baseball. Thanks, Corey. Take a look at the rest of the AL Central. Uh, A lot of L's in the AL Central yesterday. The only team to win was the Kansas City Royals. They beat the Yankees yesterday 6-5. The Pirates beat the White Sox 6-3. Okay, I lied. Detroit won too, but nobody cares about Detroit. Detroit beat St. Louis 8-2, and the Cubs beat the Cleveland Indians 7-1. So with the Cleveland and Chicago losses, the lead remains two games in the AL Central for the White Sox at 43-40, two-game lead over Cleveland, Kansas City nine games back. The Twins and Detroit tied for last place in the AL Central. Both teams are 31-42 and and 12 games behind Chicago for first place in the American League Central. The Timberwolves draw the number seven pick in last night's 2021 NBA draft lottery, which means it automatically goes to the Golden State Warriors as part of uh, the the trade that sent Andrew Wiggins to Golden State brought D'Angelo Russell here. And so now the Andrew Wiggins trade is officially 100% completely over. Bittersweet for, for Wolves fans because we knew that this was coming. Wolves losing their first round pick. If if the Wolves pick would have landed in the top three last night, they would have kept their pick. It was a protected top three pick. Wolves go to seven, which is which is right around where they were projected to land. Detroit Pistons, by the way, move up from number two to get the number one overall pick, and likely Cade Cunningham out of Oklahoma State University is likely who's going to get the number one pick. It's it's Cade Cunningham, it's Evan Mobley of USC. And Jalen Suggs, Gonzaga, the 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 consensus one, two, three guys: Detroit, Houston, Cleveland, Toronto, Orlando, Oklahoma City, Golden State, Chicago, Sacramento, New Orleans, Charlotte, San Antonio, Indiana, Golden State. That is the uh, the first fourteen picks for the lottery. Golden State has two first round picks. They'll make selections at seven and fourteen. The Orlando Magic also have two first round picks, both in the top ten. They'll pick fifth overall. 
and uh, eighth overall. The Chicago Bulls pick goes to Orlando. Toronto moving from number seven all the way up to number four. Cleveland moving from number five into the top three. They had about 11% chance to do that. Houston had the number one overall draft odds. They dropped to two. The Detroit Pistons move up to one. Wolves finished with the the sixth worst record. Gave them a 9% shot of landing the number one overall pick and a 27% chance of landing a top four pick, but knowing full well that if they were picking at four, that pick would also go to Golden State. Had to be top three. And so while it's not as bitter tasting this morning as what it could <laughs> could have been if the Wolves would have pulled the Toronto Raptors and moved from seven to four, I think that would have made things that much worse. But looking in the, in the grand scheme of things, things were working for the Timberwolves. In Granted, we have a very small sample size since this trade was made a year and a half ago of D'Angelo Russell and Carl Anthony Towns. I, I, I do think that Carl Anthony Towns and D'Angelo Russell have a better shot of making the Timberwolves a contender than Carl Anthony Towns and Andrew Wiggins did. And if it costs the Wolves... A, a a mid first round lottery pick to make this team competitive. So be it. The way this team looked the last handful of weeks of the season, they were playing 500 basketball, and in the Western Conference, especially with the expanded playoffs, 500 basketball gets you in the postseason. Do we really want a situation with the Wolves where we're relying on another 19 year old kid? We've we've got our 19 year old kid of the future. Yeah, it would have been sweet to have Jalen Suggs here, to have Cade Cunningham here. But the Wolves have a legit 1-2-3 punch now with Cat, Russell, and Anthony Edwards. Yeah, and Malik Beasley to there. He's not a, 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 a bad fourth option if he's still here, because now we're hearing that <laughs> if you watched any of the, the Philadelphia 76ers series, you know that the, the Sixers are... Well, fans are done with Ben Simmons. The organization's still standing behind their guy because you don't want to destroy his confidence completely after he just... Final minute, Game 7. Ben Simmons, second best player of the Sixers. Where is Ben Simmons during the final minute in a close game with Atlanta? Ben Simmons was on the bench because he was that bad. Where <laughs> You bench him in the final minute in a three-point game, in a three-point elimination game to go to the Eastern Conference Finals. And now the big major sports guys at ESPN say, oh, trade Ben Simmons to, I don't know, Minnesota for Malik Beasley and D'Angelo Russell. Uh, Hard pass there. Thank you very much, Philadelphia. We'll talk to Cal Soderquist, second half of the wrap, but I'm going to ask him the Philadelphia question on on whether or not the Wolves should, should entertain any trade for Ben Simmons, although now would be the time to trade for him because his value is definitely, <laughs> definitely at rock bottom right now. Some other games and scores from last night. DeAndre Ayton hitting the game-winning alley-oop with less than a second remaining as the Suns stunned the Clippers 104-103 to in Game 2 of the Western Conference Finals in Phoenix last night. Ayton finishing with 24 points, 14 boards, helping lead the Suns to a 2-0 series lead. And you could say that... Uh, the Clippers have the Suns right where they want them because in, in the first two series against Dallas and against Utah, Clippers were down 2 nothing in both of those series. Won game seven against Dallas, won four straight games against Utah to win that series in six. 
But the big uh, X factor in both of those is uh, they had Kawhi Leonard for most of those games. Kawhi uh, dealing with a knee injury. Uh, it is projected to miss this entire series. Game one tonight in the Eastern Conference Finals, Atlanta Hawks, they visit the Milwaukee Bucks. Tip-off on that game is 7.30. In the NHL last night, oh, you hate to see it, don't you? With the Canadians one game away from the Stanley Cup Final as they beat the Vegas Golden Knights 4-1 to in Game 5 last night. Carey Price, 26 saved as the Habs put the Vegas Golden Knights on the brink of elimination. They now lead that series three games to two. You could have a clincher tonight in the NHL in the other conference, usually the Eastern Conference, I guess you call it. Tampa Bay with the New York Islanders. Lightning lead that best of seven series three games to two. Game six is tonight at seven o'clock after Tampa Bay beat the Islanders eight to nothing in game five. Tampa Bay could clinch back-to-back appearances in the Stanley Cup Finals. The Lightning beat the Dallas Stars in last year's NHL playoff bubble up in Canada. Second half of the sports wrap. We got Cal Soderquist coming up from the Timberwolves Radio Network. We'll break down that the Wolves losing their first round pick to the Golden State Warriors last night. And I, I don't think the Wolves have a second round pick either. So, in, barring some kind of trade back into the draft, the Wolves not going to have a whole lot to do on July 29th. That's the date of the 2021 NBA draft. We'll talk to Cal Soderquist for the Wolves Radio Network coming up next on the wrap. I'm Steve Weisman with NFL Network now on the Westwood One Radio Network. Despite making back-to-back Super Bowls, there is only one goal, according to Travis Kelsey, the chief six-time Pro Bowl tight end, telling Sirius XM Radio, quote, last year was a failure to me. Kelsey went on to say, if we're not going out there winning Super Bowls, the season is not a success. Well, the Washington football team won the division last year, and defensive lineman Jonathan Allen told Sirius XM NFL Radio that the team still has a long way to go and isn't close to where they want to be. Allen said Ron Rivera is building a winning culture in D.C., and everyone has to be a part of it. And when Raiders defensive lineman Carl Nassib made the announcement that he's gay, he pledged $100,000 to the Trevor Project, which is the leading national organization centered on crisis and suicide prevention efforts among LGBTQ plus youth. Well, Tuesday, the NFL announced it has matched that donation. This has been NFL Network Now on the Westwood One Radio Network. How can I make sure my office never stops working? With Staples Connect, it's possible. I need to keep my back office stocked without messing up my bottom line. Also possible because Staples Connect has your small business covered with big savings on everything you need to get work done. This week, earn 30% back in a Staples store bonus when you buy any two ink cartridges. Explore what's new at your local Staples or staplesconnect.com. Staples Connect, the working and learning store. Limit four, in-store only. Visit staplesconnect.com slash store bonus for details and 626. When the forgotten poor are in need of healing, they wait for a ship unlike any other. Mercy Ships, a floating hospital staffed by volunteers, heroes of mercy who donate their time to save lives. Every human has the right to have a place at the table of the human race. If you could just see the smiles that you get when lives have been changed, then it would make it all worth it. To learn more about Heroes of Mercy, go to mercyships.org. Get your Steve Sanitation sports headlines online anytime at lakesarearadio.net. Steve Sanitation, let us do the heavy lifting. Look us up at stevesanitation.com. 
It's time once again for a Twins Minute. I'm Chris Atterbury. The Twins big four-game series against Cleveland, and they are in a stretch where they're playing all of their games up to the All-Star break against teams in the American League Central. Needless to say, these are critical games. Now, Bailey Ober probably isn't going to see Cleveland in this series, but he is very much a fixture now in the Minnesota Twins rotation, even as he deals with pitch limits and even as he chases his first major league victory. He, though, feels right at home. It's definitely comfortable. I mean, I'm just going to go out there and do my job. I'm going to plan on going out there every fifth day, and I want to be the best I can be every single day when I go out there. I'm, I don't want to give up any runs, like I've said in the past. But that's that's my goal right now is if they're going to keep handing me the ball, that's, that's what I want to do. Now, Ober went on to say that he understands that the guys in the bullpen probably would benefit if he could get a little deeper into games for him to do that. He says just has to be more efficient, finish off hitters when he gets ahead, which he struggled with on Tuesday. This is a presentation of the Treasure Island Baseball Network. You can beat the heat or get out of the rain where it's always 72 degrees and sunny at the Washington Square Mall in downtown Detroit Lakes. Make a day of it and find a new outfit, create a new craft project for you or the kids, see the newest movies at Cinemagic Cinema 7, have lunch or dinner at Don Pablo's Mexican Restaurant, Chinese Dragon, Pizza Hut, or La Barista Coffee Shop. Shopping, food, fun, and entertainment. Washington Square Mall, what a great place to be. An incredible victory for the Suns in Game 2 of the NBA's Western Conference Final as Jay Crowder inbounding from the baseline through an alley-oop to DeAndre Ayton who dunked home the winning basket. With seven-tenths of a second left, Phoenix beat the Clippers 104-103. That's definitely Jay's game winner. Um, you know, making a great pass or a seven-footer. You know, my teammates trust me and my coaches trust me. LA's Paul George missed two free throws with eight seconds to go. That opened the door for Phoenix, who got a career-high 29 from campaign. Aiden had 24 points and 14 rebounds. Chris Paul sat again for the Suns, and Kawhi Leonard missed his fourth straight game for L.A. with a sprained right knee. The Pistons won the top pick in the NBA draft lottery. Montreal defeated Vegas 4-1 to take a 3-2 lead in their Stanley Cup semifinal. In his Major League debut, the Rays' Wander Franco hit a game-tying three-run homer for for his first big league hit, he added a double as well. The Rays, though, lost an 11-9-5 to the Red Sox. That's sports. Frank Arity, NBC News Radio. How'd you do that, my son asked as I fought the bass to the boat. He wanted to know from me, and so I told him the secret to all knowledge. Just YouTube it. Just kidding. The truth is God provided me there to teach my children life, and there is no greater privilege. Just as it's a privilege to be part of a church committed to families like mine. My name is Pastor Guy Roberts, and I serve Zion Lutheran Church in Detroit Lakes. If you are looking for a church home, please consider Zion DL as a home for your family. Detroit Lakes Weather. Here's your KDOM weatherology forecast. For today on the hot side, under sunny to partly cloudy skies, high temperatures pushing up to 90. And for tonight, a chance for showers and storms will drop back to a low of 60. Not nearly as hot for your Thursday, with sunshine making a return, we'll work up to a high of 83. Friday, partial sun up for 70s, and just a slight chance for an afternoon storm on Saturday. That's your latest forecast. I'm meteorologist Michael Caro. Thirteen forty KDLM, the station you can count on. Welcome back to the KDLM Sports Wrap on Wolves Wednesday. Kind of a bittersweet morning here for Wolves fans. The good news is the Andrew Wiggins trade officially completed last night with the 2021 NBA Draft Lottery. Unfortunately, 
Wolves not in the top three draft pick-wise, so their pick is going to go to the Golden State Warriors to complete the trade. We're joined on the phone this morning by Cal Soderquist from the Timberwolves Radio Network. Morning, Cal. How are you? Good morning, Zeke. I'm doing well, all things considered. <laughs> yeah, it could have been a lot worse for, for Wolves fans' hearts last night. So the Wolves get the number 7 overall pick in the upcoming NBA draft, but because of the D'Angelo Russell-Andrew Wiggins trade, that number 7 pick is going to go to the Golden State Warriors. I think the the Wolves had like a, a, a 27% chance to get in the top 3, but on the flip side of that, they had a, a 73% chance to lose their pick. So not really any surprises that uh, Wolves will not have a first-round pick in the upcoming draft. Right. For folks, you know, playing the odds, they knew that it was going to kind of be a long shot. It's, you know, if you watch, if you watch the U.S. Open last weekend and you see some of those, uh, you know, slanting uphill 20-foot putts <laughs> that uh, your make percentage is, is, for those guys, for those pros, it's down near 20%, 25%. That's basically what we were dealing with. And there's always a chance, you know, until they officially call out. It used to be ping pong balls. Now it's kind of like cards and envelopes. And until they, they reveal all that stuff, you still have a chance. But, yeah, the, uh, the numbers did not break the way for Minnesota. I'm sure everyone kind of expected it, um, even if they were hoping for otherwise. And uh, so now we move forward with no picks. And like you said, that, that deal is completed. Yeah, the Wolves had the, the had the the sixth worst odds yesterday. Uh, they they do drop down a spot to number seven, so at least uh, there's that. The, the top three is Detroit. They moved up from two. Houston uh, dropped from the number one odds. Cleveland uh, jumping to, into the top three. Uh, they had the fifth best odds, and then the the Toronto Raptors uh, were actually below the Timberwolves in terms of lottery probability. They jump up to the number four spot, and so if hypothetically, if that would have been the Wolves in that four spot, I think Wolves fans would have been a little bit more upset this morning that uh, they would have had the fourth overall pick and that would have gone to Golden State anyways. I think so. I think there's a lot of ways it could have went. I mean, if if they had just had their own pick outright and and they had lost, you know, they had dropped down from where they had been slotted. We've experienced that before. Um, And, and, you know, even uh, it just – it could have went a bunch of different ways, and I think either way, um, you know, it, fans would have been disappointed unless that unlikely jump into the top three. So I think now that we we all know it's official, and, and at least for now, Minnesota holds no draft picks in this upcoming draft, uh, none in the first, none in the second. That easily changes, you know, whether it changes a few weeks from now with a trade or, or even a draft night deal where Minnesota jumps back up, but I think we just kind of know that, you know, now you can sign and seal that Wiggins deal. They got out of the contract. That was always sort of a priority of Gerson Rosas and his staff. They brought in D'Lo, who, um, you know, who was always kind of a target. They had that free agency meeting with them uh, earlier that summer before that season began. Um, and that's just kind of, you know, I've said it many times as we've kind of looked forward, looked ahead to this lottery draw that's kind of the cost of business. That's the way they were looking at it. And the other thing too, is, you know, if you could look and see no picks and and know the cap situation and that not a lot of help probably will arrive, but I don't necessarily know if that's true because Leandro Balmero, we probably heard that name floated around a little bit. Once everything was official last night, you know, some fans and writers were offering that name as sort of a consolation prize. But if, if he is, if, if he is able to come over from Barcelona uh, from playing overseas for this upcoming season, he, he should be able to help the team out. And 
you know, he was a, a late first round pick last year that then stayed overseas. He still might stay overseas. So I guess we don't want to get our hopes up necessarily at, at this stage, but um, he could be a guy that comes in and helps almost as if, you know, you had a, a late lottery pick, um, you know, in this draft in terms of him coming over for this upcoming season. He's a guy where teams had known he was coming to the NBA right away last season. I think he would have been picked uh, several slots higher than where the Wolves got him. So it's one of those value deals that you then hope to cash in on uh, a season or two uh, down the road. We're talking to Cal Soderquist from the Timberwolves Radio Network. Uh, Wolves do not have a first-round pick in the upcoming NBA draft. They lose their seven-overall pick to Golden State, just in case you're joining us. So let's look at, the, at what the Wolves could look like next season. Because the last couple of weeks, uh, I've seen some fans ranting about this on social media as well, is once they got back to pretty much full strength, minus Malik Beasley, who's dealing with that hamstring injury, once they got Cat and D'Lo and Ant on the floor at the same time, the Wolves were a 500 ball club uh, the last handful of weeks of the season, and and 500 in the Western Conference with the expanded playoffs, you know, gets you into that into that top ten to get a, a playoff spot. I think that's always what the you know what the front office wanted to see. I think they wanted, you know, when we kind of uh, we heard from them, you know, that their kind of uh, their language on the other side of the trade deadline was, you know, we prioritize seeing this core together, trying to get everyone healthy, get them on the floor. We heard that again as they continued to kind of run everyone out there in the final couple weeks of the season when other teams certainly uh, had different-looking lineups that, you know, kind of prioritized maximizing ping-pong balls and and lottery odds. Um, And I think that's what they wanted to know is, you know, what does this group right here in front of us, what what could maybe be their ceiling, or even not ceiling, but what do they look like when they're healthy and then we can go into an offseason and try to, tweak some things individually or tweak tweak some things with the scheme um, because like you kind of mentioned there, there's probably not a lot of wholesale changes coming in either certainly via the draft or, or via a, a big free agency splash or trade, you know, that could change. But I think that that was kind of a key component of the way they finished last season and what they prioritized uh, to be able to look at. All right. You know, we, we had some success, especially offensively with, with Cat and Andilo all out there together. Now how can we kind of uh, send those guys into this summer with some key things to work on, or, or what can the coaching staff kind of come up with um, that will even sort of bump that a little bit ahead of, of what we saw in terms of the 500 record and in terms of uh, what they were able to do. you got to remember there was a lot of change in last season. Um, we, could, you know, we could cross our fingers and hope that with some more stability, under this new head coach, Chris Finch, and his staff, um, with Anthony Edwards, you know, getting a summer to kind of develop and, and grow into his uh, very promising NBA career, I, I think, you know, whatever we saw last season should be the baseline. It shouldn't be, you know, the, the hope or the target. So we can, uh, we can hope that uh, that's kind of what they're, what they're aiming at as uh, they do very important planning in these next few months. What are the trade names that's popped up over the last couple uh, last couple days? Is Ben Simmons with the Philadelphia 76ers having a, a, a very disappointing playoff run? Final minute, game seven against Atlanta. He's your second best player, and he's on the bench, not even on on the on the court uh, with your season hanging in the balance uh, against Atlanta. And now a lot of uh, big name media people kind of have Ben Simmons being traded out of Philadelphia, and one of the. Uh, <laughs> One of the trade destinations they have is the Minnesota Timberwolves because when you're not good enough for the Sixers, 
Let's banish you to Minnesota. <laughs> and two of the names I'm seeing as potential guys being moved, I mean, granted, this is this is all media guys talking, is is a deal for Malik Beasley and D'Angelo Russell for Ben Simmons. If you're Gerson Rosas, do you even pay any attention to that? Yeah, you know, I, who knows? I, I understand the connection, especially when you consider these two teams have, have made deals in the past. Uh, it's been two different front offices consummating those deals. You know, the Jimmy Butler deal that brought over Robert Covington and Dario Saric. Um, I think it's it's always the case, you know, when a player struggles, especially in the in the spotlight and in the moment that we saw Ben Simmons kind of struggle in these playoffs. You know, uh, he just he was a liability for them on the floor, and I think that's why he was on the bench late. You know, he struggled at the free throw line. He's just struggled as a shooter in general, basically for the length of his career. He can do so many great things in other areas of the game. But especially in this postseason, sometimes the game really slows down and it requires you to get your shot, to get your points in the half-court set. You know, we saw Giannis and Anacumbo and the Bucks have to kind of get creative with ways um, to keep him an offensive threat. He struggled at the free-throw line, but I thought it was great to see him get really aggressive toward the end of that series and, and just not settle for anything other than sort of a shot in the lane. Um, or getting to the free throw line where he did show some improvement. So I think when a guy struggles like Ben Simmons does, it, it certainly makes a lot of sense for the media and everyone else to speculate on, on trades and trade destinations. But it doesn't make a whole lot of sense for the team that, that currently has him, you know, to trade him uh, when his value is seemingly near rock bottom. And, and I think Doc Rivers and, and Daryl Morey, Daryl Morey's kind of the, the chief of the front office there, he knows he's a smart guy. He he knows that this wouldn't make a lot of sense to deal Ben Simmons right now, unless you and Doc Rivers and your coaching staff thought that this was only going to get worse. I think now that you go into an off season and you know this is a this is a glaring you know weakness that we need to address. I think their first priority or their first preference, I should say, will be to kind of try to address it, try to do some things differently, um, either with shot mechanics with, with Simmons or with things you can do offensively to kind of surround him. You know, they, they retooled that, that team on the fly. You know, it was Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons, but then they brought in some of those shooters that Daryl Morey always covets. Um, they had some success certainly getting into the final four of, of that Eastern Conference. But, yeah, that was kind of the end of the road. And, uh, you know, fairly or unfairly, Ben Simmons is taking – the majority of that criticism. So I, I don't put a lot of stock into those, you know, those, those trade uh, uh, theories or, you know, speculations. I think it, it makes sense to hear them floated right now, but it would be quite the surprise to see uh, other teams kind of swoop in and whether it's the Timberwolves or anyone else to kind of swoop in and, and turn those uh, speculations into reality. I think it's just more, um, you know, that they're going to have something to figure out with Ben Simmons and Philly and, uh, I think they know it, but I think, you know, changes internally is much more likely than doing a deal and then trying to, you know, rebuild on the fly when uh, when you've already got so much talent there. We're down to our final four in the NBA. Good game last night between Phoenix and the L.A. Clippers. Uh, Phoenix going up two games to nothing in that series with a 104-103 win over the Clippers uh, the Clippers have been in this position before. They were down two games to nothing to Dallas, came back and, and won that series. They won their last series, but now with with, with no Kawhi Leonard, who's, who could be done for the playoffs with that knee injury, is it finally time to to, uh, to to bid the Clippers 
Farewell. It's interesting. You mentioned the first two series, and, and I was thinking about that too, how it was almost, you know, it was incredible to watch Kawhi Leonard kind of flip the switch to Terminator mode. You know, we, we know so much about how he, uh, I don't know if it's him that prioritizes load, load management in the regular season or if it's the medical staff, but in a way it almost was like he was doing similar things in those first couple games of each of those first two series. You know, he, he was out there playing and he had, he had big games, uh, but maybe not to his standard. And then he really had some monster games when they needed them from him. Uh, and, and of course here they are in, in their conference finals, but like you said, without Kawhi, and it would be a long shot if he somehow found a way um, to, to suit up and, and play in any games of this series or even if they were to advance uh, any games in the rest of these playoffs. And, and that's really a bummer that we don't get to see either the Clippers or the Suns at full strength. You know, Chris Paul's still in the NBA's health and safety protocols uh, with the, the COVID-19 exposure. Um, but that's sometimes what it is. is it to, you know, teams have to adjust. They have to do it on the fly. They have to have other guys step up. And I think that in itself can be fun and, and can be dramatic in these playoffs. And we saw Devin Booker have the 40-point triple-double in the game one win. Um, last night was an incredible game. Paul George hit a, hit a shot late to put the Clippers up. And then the Clippers ran – uh, a couple possessions later, uh, a very well-executed inbounds play sort of underneath their own basket to find DeAndre Ayton for an alley-oop that, that just beat the buzzer. They had to review it to make sure it did. Um, it involved Devin Booker setting a screen, which I'm sure uh, drew a lot of defensive attention from L.A., thinking that he was maybe going to pop for a catch-and-shoot. Um, so I, I just loved the execution late in the game, really from both teams. Um, a couple of missed free throws from Paul George with under 30 seconds left kind of loom large, you know, when you, you lose a game by one point. But I still would not count out this Clippers team. I think, uh, you know, it's it's a much taller task with no – still got Paul George. And, you know, as long as Chris Paul remains out, that's a huge deal for Phoenix too. And I think now, you know, we hear the cliche, it's not a series until somebody wins on the road. And the Clippers weren't able to do that um, in these first two games in Phoenix. And, and now now they have to go back home and, and sort of hold serve in L.A. And that's easier said than done. But I think if they can get a couple wins in L.A., then all of a sudden we have ourselves a new, a new three-game series. And so it's one of those deals, especially when you're down key players that are so important, like Kawhi and Chris Paul, each team kind of has to come up with adjustments and then counter those adjustments. And it becomes really a chess match where um, you got to kind of poke and prod until you find something that works. And I think Phoenix has been the first team to, to sort of find a good combo with Devin Booker being that lead playmaker. They got some huge games from Aiton and Cameron Payne last night. Both guys were, were up over 25 points. So, you know, you can rely on those guys every single night, but I don't know if you'll get those kind of performances every night. So now it's a matter of uh, can L.A. kind of find a fifth gear and, and make this uh, make this an extended series. Yeah, you could almost say that L.A. has uh, the Suns right where they want them. They were down two nothing in the in the the Dallas series. Also down two games to nothing in the Utah series before winning four straight games to knock off the top seeded Jazz four games to two. Cal, thanks so much for joining us today. We'll chat again next week. We'll break down some uh, some more NBA playoff stuff. I, I think we'll have the finals pretty much set by this time next Wednesday, won't we? Potentially, yeah, we'll see. We'll, 
we'll see if these here. Yeah, certainly if um, if Phoenix can kind of close this out, Suns and four has been the hashtag. Um, <laughs> if if they can do that, then they'll have already punched their ticket. But we could also have you know both of these series extended. We've got uh, we've got Hawks Hawks and um, Hawks and Bucks. I believe it's game one tonight, tonight. so that'll be fun to watch. And, and see. So I don't, I don't know if that series will be ended yet, uh, but either way, we'll, we'll definitely have some, uh, some storylines, I'm sure. Awesome. Can't wait. We'll chat again next Wednesday. Thanks so much for joining us, Cal. You got it. Thanks, Steve. Can't wait. It's finger licking good. So we dude. All right, thanks again to Cal Swiderkowitz for joining us this morning on the KDLM Sports Wrap. If you missed any of that interview with Cal or want to go back and we listen to the uh, the show in its entirety, you can do so momentarily online at kdlmradio.com. You can also subscribe to the KDLM Sports Wrap wherever you get your favorite podcasts from. No Twins baseball coming up tonight. They are off after losing 10-7 to to Cincinnati. Four-game home series against the Cleveland Indians begins tomorrow. Then they head to Chicago to take on the White Sox for a three-game series. Uh, excuse me, that's a four-game series. So back-to-back four-game series coming up for the Twins. Four games at home against Cleveland four games on the road against the White Sox as uh, those two teams top of the AL Central right now only two games separating Cleveland and Chicago at the top of the AL Central standings. Twins, this is a good time to to rattle off eight straight wins and climb back into things. They are 12 games out of first place in the AL Central and they have won five of their last six. Had a pretty good valiant effort yesterday but uh, falling short with that ninth inning home run by Taylor Naquin of Cincinnati. So here's what I'm watching tonight. I'm watching for the Tampa Bay Lightning to clinch appearance in the Stanley Cup playoffs. The defending champions can knock off the New York Islanders tonight. They lead that series three games to two. Puck drop is at 7 o'clock. They're also game one of the Eastern Conference Finals in the NBA, Atlanta versus Milwaukee. That tip-off is at 7.30 tonight. You're in tune to KDLM Detroit Lakes, Minnesota. That's a wrap for the sports wrap. Classic hits begin after a quick CBS News break.